You're listening to the Busy Business Women podcast, episode 57. And today we're talking to Gillian Bullock, who is the official one and only LinkedIn ninja down under and has been the only LinkedIn trainer in the Southern Hemisphere to be recognized as an independent LinkedIn expert by LinkedIn HQ in the US of A. She's one of only 12 trainers worldwide to have been recognized up until this point. So I am super excited to have Gillian on the show today to talk all about how to use LinkedIn to to grow your business. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and I've been helping time-strapped women in business improve their productivity and profit for well over a decade now. And in this podcast, I want to share with you the highs and lows of growing a successful business so that you can avoid the pitfalls, fast-track your progress and build a business that booms faster. This is the Busy Business Women podcast. Hey ladies, Faye here and thank you so much for joining me and tuning into a wonderful new episode of the Busy Business Women podcast. Today we have another ninja on the show and this lady legit has ninja in her official job title, which I'm just a little bit excited about. I am of course talking about the award-winning businesswoman Gillian Bullock, who is recognized by LinkedIn as a certified independent LinkedIn expert. And if you're watching this on YouTube or on video somewhere, Gillian, give us a wave. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. It's so good to have you here. <laughs> now, Gillian's considered to be the black belt of LinkedIn training and has studied this one social media platform for a full 12 months in order to gain her LinkedIn Ninja certified status. As Australia's only LinkedIn accredited ninja, Gillian and her ninja team are armed with the ammo to show you how to make LinkedIn work hard and get you to the top of your game, which I love the sound of. With over 25 years of marketing and social media management, it became clear to her that LinkedIn is the only solution that kicks butt for service-based B2B clients. And since being accredited in early 2014, she's been officially titled the LinkedIn Ninja Down Under. So without further ado, I am super stoked to welcome Gillian Bullock onto the podcast. Hello, fabulous lady. Hello. How you are you? <laughs> <laughs> what a rap sheet. Oh, oh wow. it goes on, it goes on. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know, but I call myself the Productivity Ninja, but there is no certification oh. attached to that whatsoever. That's it's just, just self-titled. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually really excited to find someone that actually officially has that in their title. Yeah. You didn't yeah. just make that up, did you? No, no. It was the name of the certification. And then when I told a few people, they would kind of, um, back, way back then I was part of a BNI and mm. they would remember the ninja part. <laughs> forget yes. my name, forget everything else, but they'd remember <laughs> the ninja part. And I was like, well, if that's the bit being remembered, then I might as well go and register it with ASIC. So, yeah. um, so that became the business name as well. But it was it was actually the name of the certification first. Oh, so wow, that, mm. then that's awesome! I love that you found mm. a certification in your guru space that has ninja in it. Brilliant, yes. kudos to you. So let's talk about that ninjaness and where it came from. Okay, ninjaness. Now, yeah, ninjaness. It's <laughs> a phaism yep. to start with. Oh, cool. You have got twenty five years of marketing and social media management experience, which listeners. Well, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Social media hasn't been around that long. Well, no, true. <laughs> you can marketing. clarify that in a moment. Oh, but okay. We were just having a laugh before we started the recording of the podcast, listeners, because. I figured that Gillian must have got that number wrong because <laughs> if you look at her pictures and for those of you watching the video, like there's no way you've got 25 years experience. This must be like a collective of your team. And she's just, just divulged to me that her background is English. Or her parents are English. They've got great skin. I clearly miss that gene because <laughs> I'm English too. But uh, I, I believe you now. And I'm just staggered you've got a 12-year-old child as well. But anyway, I digress. That's not the point of this podcast. See, see, I'm so pale that I actually reflect the sun. So there's no <laughs> ageing of the sun on me. <laughs> These are the secrets. Who knew That's we could it. talk about this? Well, I just basically freckle and then it peels off. So I sort of felt really early as a kid, why go out in the sun? It's just it's yeah. hot and it's bothersome and it makes me sweat and it's boring. So. Well, see, as an English person who always wanted a tan, I used to go to Spain or Greece and just lay there frying. Oh, so that's right. probably yep. why no. I missed that look completely. I never did anyway. that. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Health and Beauty Podcast with Julian. 
<laughs> All about skincare, right. <laughs> which is basically keep out of the sun. And you're, yeah, exactly. I used to get into the Sydney Aquarium for under 15s when I was about 24. <laughs> no way. My dad and I would see how long we could do it for until they started asking. I mean, I was driving him there and all this. <laughs> So they've probably got a photo fit of you on the wall. Does anyone oh, know this? Do not let this fraudulently <laughs> Oh my goodness. Sorry, I've not even gotten to the first question yet and I've already oh, yeah, derailed myself. <laughs> okay. Serious face, serious. <clears throat> so what I want to know is when did you become your own boss and mm-hmm. how has your business evolved since you started out? Because I reckon it probably has quite significantly. Oh, okay. All right. So officially became my own boss in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably 18, 19 years ago, something like that. Because um, <laughs> maths is not my thing. Um, but it was, it was kind of like both of my parents were self-employed. So mm-hmm. I didn't ever really want to work for anybody else. Um, so even for during high school um I remember very distinctly going to the careers day in the big hall Mm -hmm. and there was you know doctors dentists blah 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 all the way around and there was about 400 people you could talk to and my mother and I went through the whole lot and I was going super fast and I got to the other end and I went up to the principal and I said where is the self-employed person and she went well they're not here and I went well there's no need for me to be here and I walked out (laughs) so I knew as a teenager that I wanted to kind of follow in my parents' footsteps. And my mum was, um, I kind of grew up with like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. She actually had a fudge and chocolate factory. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's where all the uh, weight started. No, not quite. Um, took a little while to catch up with that. But um, And my dad was a um, milk vendor. So the old, okay. you know, putting milk bottles at the front doors. Oh, there's such memories of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he was technically self-employed as well, except that's an entirely different thing Mm. um, because that was very structured and you never went outside of your territory and blah blah blah. So that was that was kind of my upbringing, Um, and so going into the corporate world was really it was a strategy behind it like going to smaller business to to work out how they worked and then going to your big corporate to work out how they worked so that I could apply that to a business one day and it was really Mm -hmm. going through the motions because I didn't know what business to do I just knew there was going to be a business Um, probably didn't learn a lot from being in big corporates except how I deal with corporates now. Mm. <laughs> That's what I did learn and how much bureaucracy and how many people need to tick the right box to put a <laughs> contractor on and, and all the yeah. <laughs> all the garbage that they, they go through, <laughs> essentially, which is probably like half of your listeners is exactly why they left. Exactly, um, yeah. Yes, all of that. And, um, yeah, so I guess I did that around 10-ish years before mm-hmm. I went, okay, I think I'm arrogant enough now to um, <laughs> think I know it all. So. <laughs> go and start my own thing um and because I was doing marketing which I kind of fell into and then went and studied so I had the backup Mm -hmm. um and decided to branch out and be a marketing consultant first of all and then as that progressed people were going what's this Facebook thing and what's this Twitter thing and I'm like I don't know so I thought I better go and find out what it was and then I went "Ooh, they're kind of cool so then sort of niche down into social media so then how did your love for LinkedIn come about? Was that just a natural progression for you? Kind of. Um, so back in the day when I was young, <laughs> um, <laughs> when when we started, when the company started doing social media, um, we were doing what was the big four back then, which you're going to laugh at one of them. So it was LinkedIn, um, Twitter, Facebook and Google+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and look on your face <laughs> um, yeah which of course is way before Instagram and Pinterest and all of those yes. um, and so we were handling the big four and I had a team of 14 um, that did that which grew too quickly um, to be honest and I wasn't equipped to deal with 14 personalities and how to mm. keep them going and bickering and blah 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 it just it became babysitting to me yeah um, and everybody else was being paid before me as well, to be honest. So that <laughs> babysitting without being paid was not fun. Not sound good, <laughs> and no. that was before I had my own kids and I was like, oh, I'm prepared now. <laughs> um, so 
when when I was handling all those, I still did LinkedIn, and I think that's because LinkedIn was so close to um, direct marketing, which is what I'd actually learned in my diploma. Oh, so right. it was kind of my favourite thing. I like being very very direct. You know, like back in the diploma day, it was more you know um, email marketing or actual what is it, personalised letter marketing, that yeah. kind of letterbox dropping but not just random at that neighbourhood. It was, you know, direct mail yeah, um, and then direct <laughs> ads in papers and all that sort of thing. So I think LinkedIn made more sense to me because it was so direct. Mm. Whereas Twitter, you tweet out something, it goes into the ethos and you just kind of put your fingers crossed and hope it goes to the right people unless you're doing direct messaging. Yeah. Um, but... LinkedIn was it was so much it, it made more sense to me than the others that's interesting I can completely see the parallels I'd like to just take a step back for a moment when you talked about your team of 14 as well mm-hmm. that's a really interesting comment um an experience that you've had because we've had Paula Maidens on recently talking about uh, team management and leadership. And also uh, last week we're talking to Nash- Natasha Stewart and we've had lots of conversations about building teams and mm-hmm. kind of the natural expectation that as you grow a business, you should be growing a big team too. And it sounds like you did that and you did it very quickly, but you didn't mm. enjoy it. Did you change the shape of your business now then because that didn't suit you and you didn't enjoy it and now you want a smaller team? Or how does how do things look in your business at the moment? Yeah, well, after I was approached to do the LinkedIn Ninja certification and I, I sort of thought to myself, oh, yeah, I'd like to go deeper into this platform. That sounds really cool. And there's 21 modules and I got to module three and it it. It, I want to say dawned on me, but it was like a bit more of a sledgehammer across the face, um, <laughs> how much I didn't realise I didn't know about the platform. And it was embarrassing then what we were doing with our clients and how we were managing them. Um, I mean, we were doing an okay job. We were bringing in leads for them, blah, blah, blah. But it was so mediocre that I, I was actually embarrassed now that I knew how much better it could be. And that was by module three. Wow. So I kind of figured to myself, if if it's that much better on this platform, how much do I not know about the other platforms? Okay. How much how mediocre am I being in the rest? Mm. Um so I decided at that point that all the contracts that we had, I would just finishing them finish them off. I wouldn't renew any of them. Mm-hmm. And so it was over that 12 months, it was a matter of just winding down clients, winding down the staff trying to set them up as independent consultants if they weren't already um, and just reducing everything. And I kept my PA, which was also my project manager as well. Um, And it was kind of a way of me getting out of the headache of all the staff, but it was also empowering them to keep going rather than just going, okay, you're fired because I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And also finishing up with all those others. And it was... Also, once I started finishing all that up, I realised, you know, how many new features come onto LinkedIn and how often and how much it's a full-time job just keeping up with one. So how will, how are we doing this for four? We weren't is the short answer. We just weren't. We were very, very average. Um, and so it was sort of restructuring that the business completely over that 12-month period. What an amazing level of integrity and flipping fabulous decision to make because there would be a huge amount of people out there doing the mediocre at the moment. Absolutely. They may not even realise. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know that I was that mediocre until I saw the light and had the divine intervention. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't know. The reality is, you, one, you didn't know, but also I'm sure that those clients were getting good results and were happy yeah, yeah. with the work that they were, get, that they were getting. So yeah. that's a very big wake-up call and a massive decision to make as a business owner to go, I've got 14 staff, I've got money coming in, I'm paying their salaries, I've built this business, to then go, actually, I want to know more, I don't think I'm delivering what I really want to do, I'm going to go really, really niche mm. and I'm going to almost shut up shop and really really change my focus that's a big decision it's very ballsy and I don't think many people would do that I hope you've given yourself a bit of a pat on the back yeah I gave myself a pat a while ago yeah 
<laughs> I think that that's, that would be like a really proud moment in business because that's not the obvious easy decision to make. So yeah, I love- yeah. Um, and then from there it's been mostly one staff uh, member. Some of it's been remote. I've tried remote before because some people are like, oh, you shouldn't be charging that much from Australia and you should be getting them through the Philippines or something. And for me, I don't know, maybe I'm just not organised enough <laughs> to um, work with the VA, but I've, I've tried about five from the Philippines. I've tried about three people from India. Um, yeah, there's some things I can outsource and some things I can't. Yeah. You know, video editing, for example, we do that outsourcing. But, you know, other bits and pieces, yeah, sure. But, you know, the, the kind of the day-to-day stuff, um, as you saw, we do, we do in-house. That's great. I also think um, I talk a lot about niching. I literally don't think there's been a podcast yet that we haven't said the N word. <laughs> uh, but you have just, you know, like amazing example of the power of niching because you've gone oh, yeah. from much bigger business and just, you know, tracking along, I'd imagine, nicely to then going very niche. But now look at the the branding positioning you've got in your marketplace. Look at the rap sheet when we did the title and the intro to the podcast. Mm. You don't get those very difficult to get that when you're across lots and lots of platforms. Yeah, but it's also, um, you know, it's, it's also niched more than that. Because I, I have courses that are for very specific industries too. Mm. So there's like uh, e-course of LinkedIn for lawyers, for example. So that's a very specific industry. Yeah. Um, lawyers do tend to um, niche. <laughs> they do mm. tend to be, you know, a family lawyer or a criminal lawyer or whatever. Yeah. But the general public, just because they were represented with a DUI and now they're getting a divorce from their husband, they don't, they don't sort of go, oh, that lawyer was only that. And so they tend to come back to that lawyer. Well, of course, that lawyer then needs to pass it on to somebody else. So the law industry, quite often, it's really handy for them to have a good network of other lawyers. Whereas, you know, mortgage brokers, they kind of are in competition with every other mortgage broker that there is. Mm. So that's an entirely different strategy on LinkedIn. There is not a one size fits all. Yeah, exactly. When you go on your website, which I have trawled through with a fine tooth comb, mm-hmm. uh, I love the fact that you're able to pick, you know, go to specific links for specific careers and industries, which is awesome from yeah. a marketing point of view, for sure. So let's get stuck into LinkedIn, right? I've sure. got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. You know, in the early days, a full confession time, right? In yep. the early days, years ago, I was on it all of the time. But then Facebook really took off. It away. <laughs> then Instagram appeared and that kind of oh. shiny, sparkly syndrome kicked in. Right. And well, I remember one year, I was actually a case study for Citrix on how I had built my business and made uh, really good revenue in January of all months um, mm. on LinkedIn. So I used to be doing really well on it just from a a business owner's point of view, not a trainer. Okay. Um, so, I, but I've got distracted by the shiny, sparkly syndrome. So, I'd love to know about your love affair with LinkedIn. Did you always love the platform, or was there a time? Yeah, nodding. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry, <laughs> always loved it. Well, I know that you kind of answered this before, didn't you? With uh, it may it made sense with your background. Yeah, that it was the natural progression. Have you? Did you ever love Instagram or Facebook, or did you just kind of you know um, not along with those? Look, I've never really, really deep dived into Instagram. Um, at all but I I enjoy going on it um I'll sit there sometimes at night to kill the time on my phone and mm-hmm. you know when I'm ignoring my kids and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah I'll get you out of the bath one day who cares it's cold um yeah. you know that sort of thing I don't know what you mean I'm on Instagram do you mind <laughs> um but yeah it's kind of there for enjoyment purposes I guess yeah. it's not really uh, my expectations of ROI for Instagram for my own business are zero so yeah. I'm never disappointed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good to have the um, distinction, right? Yeah, and and Facebook's kind of the same. I'm very I'm very acutely aware of since not being in it every day and needing to try and keep up with it with clients, you know, which is six to eight years ago now, somewhere like that. Um, I am so far behind when I'm even putting on an event with somebody like a joint venture or something. They'll tag me to become the host of the event in event and I have to ring them and go sorry how do I 
not just put on interested in attending how do I actually accept that I'm hosting can you talk me through this so I it, Facebook kind of yeah it, I'm not there all that often and I know I miss yeah. quite a few things and and whatever with it but it doesn't you know I've had maybe one lead in 12 years from it it's again expectations are zero so well, I think when people, you know, realise your zone of genius, they're going to expect you to be on LinkedIn. And if they're messaging you on Facebook, probably not going to get as fast a response. I mean, I know no. pretty much everyone that I converse with is on Facebook. So I'm on Facebook all the time. But I knew with you to send you podcast questions and ask you and approach you. It's like you need to be messenger on LinkedIn, Faye, yeah. otherwise you're not going to get a response. Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably that and, and secondarily email for me. Yeah. Um, just because that's the one that comes through the website and, and all yeah. that sort of thing. And then when I start corresponding with someone about their in-house training and what they want on that or whatever side of going through either LinkedIn or email but yeah it's just I think it's just setting up for what the expectation is Mm. as well but you know Facebook doesn't make sense to me from a perspective of you know I'm I'm a business to business um you know that that's where I get my income from it's usually Mm. other people's businesses so therefore be on the social media platform that dominates B2B, which is so happened to be LinkedIn. Let's yeah. set aside what my services are. Any business to business um, business needs to be a dominant platform, needs to be on LinkedIn. Now, yes, yes you can you can sort of, you know, dabble in the others. The Probably my secondary one is Twitter um, and the only reason for that, and I repeat the only reason is because there's some weird stuff out there that um, especially in America that decides who the dominant players are on LinkedIn based on their Twitter clout scores wow and it just blows my mind it's like Mm -hmm. sorry what the people that you're saying are the best LinkedIn trainers are the ones that have 40,000 followers on Twitter uh what yeah I'm (laughs) confused yeah, so over the last couple of years I've started sort of upping my Twitter stuff only because of that and and also um, uh, journalists seem to be, that's their sort of dominant yep. Um, yep. platform. So if I want to okay. get some sort of free press and get asked questions by people that are on the Sydney Morning Herald, then I might as well be active on Twitter. But that's the only reason why I've made that one my secondary one. It's not because it's my favourite or, yep. but it's you've got to be at the place where your audience is yeah and that's a really important point I actually put out I wasn't planned uh, for any in connection with this podcast but I put out a, a post in my Facebook group today to say you know if you could only pick one social media platform to be on for the rest of your life which one would you pick and then some interesting conversations have come up because as people have put their preference, I've then said, oh, that's interesting because I thought you'd have been on Instagram or I thought you'd have been more on Facebook. And it just throws up the question of are you hanging out in the places where your target market actually are or yeah. you're on, are you on the platforms that you just really enjoy? That you enjoy, exactly. Like, yeah, like you might enjoy Instagram more like as a, a time waster, time filler kind of activity. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a consumer, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I yeah, I don't think it's going to be a dominant platform for me, no. No, exactly. Right. Well talking about <laughs> dominant platforms then, let's yeah. talk about your ninjaness again. You're <laughs> Australia's only LinkedIn ninja. Yeah. Tell me about what was involved in being awarded such an epic badge of honor because 12 months of study sounds full on. And I love what you've already said in one of the earlier questions about you're into module three and you recognize how much you didn't already know. Mm. If I think about studying that platform for 12 months, wow, I must know like probably 0.5% of what's <laughs> Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Thanks. Possibly. No, it's, 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 very, it's very funny because it's, you know, I... I, I I've been on the platform for 12 years now, um, whether it be from when we were, I had all the staff or whether it be just, you know, now. Mm. Um, and it it is always interesting because, you know, back in the day there was maybe five trainers on LinkedIn in Australia, maybe. Mm-hmm. And some of them are still around. I think there's two of them that are still around. Um, and now there's probably five in my suburb. Ah. You know, so it's it's one of those things where unfortunately it's not a approved accreditation as that LinkedIn have put out. 
-hmm. and I wish it was Mm -hmm. because I would love for them to make some sort of strict policy of who actually is approved and who's not. Yeah. And the reason being is because some people have success on the platform and they go, oh, I've, you know, sold 17 of my widgets and I think that's brilliant and they've had a great result, yada, yada. So now they're going to turn that into an e-course. There's a one size fits all for everybody. And, you know, these people get sucked into that because they've been spending Facebook ads on it. Yeah. They're not getting their leads through LinkedIn. You notice I didn't say that. They're doing Facebook ads. <laughs> it's yep. like, oh, hang on. So you you didn't get your leads through LinkedIn, but you're selling services on how others can get leads through LinkedIn, but you're doing ads on Facebook. Okay. Oh my but- God. I feel like a ranty pants is going to come on in a moment, but I'll let you finish first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So of course they're they're coming up, you know, left, right, and center. Um and then, you know, there's others that uh, there's one there's one interstate, I'll just leave it at that, yeah. um, who charges approximately four times more than I do and I get a lot of their ex-clients um, because their tactics of marketing is, is very, very bullying okay. um, and they don't deliver and then when you try and get a refund, you, you then speak to the bosses for the first time. And um, it's it's a huge pressure and huge bullying. So, you know, there's a lot of them as well. And boy, do they have great marketing! They, they do. <laughs> I put my hats off to them with their own marketing. But yeah, you know, the way they treat people is appalling. But thankfully, you did this twelve months of training. And yeah, come out fully equipped. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so there's eleven of us around the world that are LinkedIn ninjas. But yeah, but the one the one I really really enjoyed as well is in two thousand seventeen, um, LinkedIn. Uh, in January February is the changeover when Microsoft changed the entire interface of the platform because they'd bought it about six months before. So they changed the interface. They also changed the packages at the same time, um, and they changed something else. There was three things. So there was like the pricing changed. Oh, that's when they took away the advanced search out of um out of the normal platform and put it only onto sales navigator so, so i'm not they, going mad then because oh, no. i looked for that flipping thing over and over again and i'm like <laughs> i used to use it all the time where's it gone yeah so i mean microsoft spent 20 what is it 26 2 billion dollars on linkedin they wanted their wow. money back pretty soon so they made some really big changes um mm. within two, like two months and I was wondering if I was going to be out of business, to be frank, because there was such an uproar. And so they sort of scoured the globe trying to find independent LinkedIn experts. Um, And I say that with like quotations because that's what we ended up being allowed to call ourselves. We are recognised independent LinkedIn experts. That's the only phrase we can use. (laughs) That's the only thing. Um, And so we actually worked with LinkedIn for 12 months. There was 12 of us around the globe. And we worked with them for 12 months because they kind of went, oh, we've made a mistake (laughs) and we're getting really bad press, but we don't know what we stuffed up because we're so out of touch with the normal user group. Um, We better talk to people that actually are talking to our customers. Yeah. Um, And so we were sort of helping them um, as independent people out there in the world. Um, and saying, well, you know, all of our, our clients are saying this and, you know, all of their clients are saying that. And I actually did a video on and put it up on YouTube and I'm glad I did now because the way to find and use the advanced search when it first came out is probably the most insane thing you've ever seen. It right. was like you'd have to be a, 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 like a website coding professional to work out how to use it. it. It was insane. It was insane. And it was only because I went on a, an engineer's webinar and I went, oh, that's where it's gone. Who the heck's going to know that? And yeah. so it was our feedback to them going, you guys, honestly. <laughs> but how awesome that you got to be involved in that. And, and yeah, it was great. one of 12 people mm. globally is, is massive. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, well, let's talk about the boringness of LinkedIn, right? <laughs> Bell some myths. 
I want to get stuck in. Sorry, can you explain more? Okay, so I was was trying to talk really quickly, then to just move on so that you wouldn't slay me for saying that boringness. Okay, so what do you what do you refer to? What (laughs) you are referring? What what do you think is the boring part of LinkedIn? The lack of. I'm just gonna kind of put this on other people and pretend it's not me, right? But I know a lot of people. Other people. Somebody else told you. Yeah, someone else (laughs) told me that they think it's a boring social media platform. What do you say to that? Are you insane? <laughs> um, well, I, I guess I'd want more of a description of what they're finding boring. Is, is it the content that's coming through? Is it because people are taking photos of their food and doing religious quotes? Like, what, what's the boring part? <laughs> is um, that religious quotes on LinkedIn or yeah, elsewhere? There. Yeah, of course there are. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just unfollow those people, though. I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay. So let me let me try and guess what the boring thing is. Well, I'm guessing, right, so they're yeah. on Instagram looking at pretty pictures. They're sure. on Facebook kind of joking around about toilet paper in Australia. Like it's a very <laughs> different platform, right? And oh, of I course, yes. All is. jokes aside, LinkedIn is about business. Yes. And, uh, you know, let me share the story about us two chatting. So before today, listeners, Gillian, Gillian and I have never spoken. We've just chatted on face, um, Facebook. See, I'm so no, we used to saying that. I was not No, there. we didn't. We chatted <laughs> on LinkedIn Messenger. Yes. Yeah. And um, when Gillian came on to the podcast, within moments we were laughing our heads off. I said to her, you've really thrown me because I thought you were so serious and actually you're not at all. And I was just like a bit giddy and excited because it was so much fun within moments. And I kind of see that, I, I sort of see that as being the whole boringness and in inverted commas of LinkedIn. It, it is seen as so much more serious. It is about business. Whereas Facebook, you can kind of have the two. And I think Instagram is. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what my question is now, but I just love your <laughs> thoughts on those statements. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, look, with LinkedIn is the business platform. It's the professional platform. So I guess if you just want pure entertainment of, you know, cats playing patty cake or whatever, <laughs> then, yeah, that's probably initiated on YouTube and then being transferred over to Facebook and, and yeah. that's cool. I enjoy those things too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously Instagram is your, your really nice pretty pictures, great for retail, um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, LinkedIn is much more business orientated, but I guess there's, there's also there's a lot of stuff you can do on LinkedIn to actually feed into it what you want to see. So I think the boring part may come out of a little bit to do with somebody not designing and customising what LinkedIn is and what it can be for them. So if we go back to that, you know, religious posts again, Mm. I have a couple of friends. I, I like them dearly. I've met them very very often at LinkedIn, sorry, at just normal networking. So I, I say friends, but they're really sort of business acquaintances, if you like. Yeah. And, yes, they do. They keep putting up Christian posts and whatever, and I, I don't want to see it, you know. Mm. So I'm hopefully they're not listening to this. <laughs> but so I've actually unfollowed them. So I'm still connected. But I've told LinkedIn I don't want to see their posts and their content, Mm. okay? Now, people taking pictures of their food, great if you're a catering organisation or you put on events all the time and, you know, you want to do some sort of showing that it's a half-decent buffet at the events and people aren't going to starve to death at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's sort of an appropriate way of showcasing what's available at that event. Yeah. Um, But you have an enormous scope there to design what you see and from whom Mm. so there's a very intelligent algorithm there that's actually going okay we're going to just keep guessing with what we think you're interested in based on what you have commented on before but if you're not sort of feeding us hard signals we're just going to keep guessing so that that's kind of that. I, I don't know if this would be helpful to your listeners or not, but my very last article at this time of recording mm. is um, on LinkedIn, funnily enough, which is um, all about hashtags. I saw so, it this morning. Okay, so the, yeah. the hashtags on Instagram is a completely different mindset and what the way it works to LinkedIn. 
um, you know, you do like 30 hashtags or something like that on Instagram to give it a nice broad reach. But there's a lot more design that needs to go into it for um, LinkedIn. And you really need to think about who your audience is Mm. and what they will be following versus what you're actually writing about. Gotcha. Okay, so if I'm writing about LinkedIn stuff, if I use the hashtag LinkedIn tips, for example, or LinkedIn, who's going to mostly see them? Probably other LinkedIn trainers, Mm. right, versus you've got a CEO there or some people in charge of the marketing department who are in charge of getting leads for their for their business. So hashtags like lead generation or lead gen are going to be far more matched with my content because that's what they're actually after. Yeah. So there's, there's huge discrepancies between what you think you want to use based on what your content is mm-hmm. and what your target audience actually wants. Or I reckon there are lots of cogs turning for people that use business, um, use LinkedIn now because I know for me there is, and that's a real shift in my, the way that I use hashtags in Insta, uh, Instagram, for example. Okay. So I will link through to that article, listeners, in the show notes so you can go and check out uh, Gillian's article. Oh, that's easier. That's easier than me just describing it. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll link through and they can all have a good read as well. So let's talk yeah. about what businesses are supposed to be on LinkedIn. Uh, I know that you said B2B. Mm-hmm. Are there, you know, can anybody get on LinkedIn and make it a, a useful, a, a valuable use of their time? Or are there some businesses that you would absolutely say, no, you're wasting your time, get off, and you should absolutely be on there 100% of your time? Okay, so probably a few years ago, there would be definitely sectors that I would have said probably not bother. Maybe just go put a really good profile up to have as an anchor point so mm-hmm. that if anybody's Googling your name, your LinkedIn profile will probably come up in like the first first three to five results. Yeah. So therefore, it's worth having up. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would have been sectors like the medical sector because if you think of your own GP, how often do they actually use LinkedIn to, to get more of their local patients around their area? Probably not. Um, I've had this discussion with my own GP and he's gone, oh, I put up a profile about 12 years ago, but, you know, <laughs> this is my own practice. So I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. So for people that actually sell to doctors, it's more used as a kind of a directory. But if you sent him a message, he'd take 12 years to answer you. So not, yeah. not greatest response. <laughs> so <laughs> medical, I would have said, is definitely uh, one that was worth not touching. Mm-hmm. Um, retail was also something that was really not, not happening there and also tradies. Yeah. Um, however, I am starting to notice things shifting mm-hmm. um, and even it was about Four days ago, I think, there is a kind of an up-and-coming social media influencer, if you like, who is a local plumber in Dallas. Mm. So he was almost going broke and then started putting um, plumbing videos, like how to stop a leaking toilet, up on YouTube and then just sort of transferring them to different platforms. And Mm. what he found was LinkedIn was one that seemed to get him more traction. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I was just getting, that. I was going like, really? Okay. Mm. Like local business as well. Like he was getting local leads. People in his hometown in Dallas were mm. asking him to come and fix their toilet or whatever. And I'm like, but this is a global platform. Yeah. Huh? Um, yeah. So he's, and now it's sort of gone a little bit further for him. So he's actually one of the speakers at the social media examiner. Um, summit that's on wow. roundabout now in San Diego um, because he's becoming a bit of an influencer and I'm like he's a local plumber from Dallas say what that, so that's very unexpected that is shifting I'm starting yeah. to now not stick to that rule as much as I used to I think there's some breakaways because that that segment was previously untouched yeah, that's interesting. Mm. So on that point, quick question, is LinkedIn, do you view LinkedIn like a search engine, you know, an SEO tool, like, for example, Pinterest? We were talking to Connie Baker about Pinterest a few weeks ago mm. and we were having the discussion about, um, you know, how it is a search engine tool. Do you see that with LinkedIn to a degree? You know, if you've got a profile up there and somebody searches for Faye Hollands, LinkedIn is going to be one of the first links that come up. Should people be thinking about it that way or not? 
Yeah, they should because essentially if, you know, even if somebody's Googling your name, because LinkedIn is one of the top 10 most used um, websites in the world, your name and your profile will come up um, in Google. Mm. So even if somebody's not thinking LinkedIn when they start, they will be on it by the end. Yeah, so it's going, it's going, to, it's going to come up whether they're on LinkedIn or not. But, yeah, they would definitely, it's quite easy to type somebody's name directly into the top of LinkedIn. Mm. But what makes the big difference um, for people as well is for them to actually um, search for you via keyword. So, you know, if you put in uh, women's business coach or business coach Wollongong or, you know, think all sorts of sort of variations of what might come up, yeah. you want to be in the top 10. Mm. And that comes down to how well you've done your profile and how well you've optimised your profile from that point of view. Now, oh, my goodness, I've got work to do. <laughs> so, and that's, that's where you find the unexpected people because obviously the people that know your name, they're going to find you no matter what because mm. they know you or at least have been recommended you by name. But it's the ones that do a search and then find you from what they're actually after that's where there's some some differences to be made. Of course. Oh, my mm. gosh. I feel like I've just had a blonde moment and it's just been an awakening. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about connections, right? LinkedIn is about way more than just collecting connections, just like all social media. It should be. Oh, it should be, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think a lot of people know what to do after they've collected their connections. Mm-hmm. Big generalizing statement, but that's some feedback that I'm getting from my tribe. Right. What should people be doing once they've added new people to their network? And you might want to add in there the flip of that is what should they not be doing? Because I've been hearing some horror stories lately. I saw a post in a Facebook group the other day where one lady was asking, you know, is this really how people behave on LinkedIn? I'm just <laughs> getting spammed with heavy sales tactics. So take it from whatever way you want. What should people be okay. doing or what shouldn't they? <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me take back one step before that, mm. okay, which is who they're connecting with. Good point. Okay. Yeah. So there are, again, a number of your interesting, interesting LinkedIn trainers mm. that um, say to you that it's a numbers game. Mm. Okay. So there are um, many that actually try and sell you into automated um, bots that go through and connect you with any Tom, Dick and Harry. Um, and they, LinkedIn's coming down further and further and further on them. Um, I saw it the other day. Somebody I knew, I just didn't know how many connections they had, was pretty significant, something like 55,000 or something like that. But they've been using bots. And the policy has been rewritten lately that they will um, delete your account without a warning if, you, if they discover you're using third-party bots. Wow. So it used to be, you know, two warnings and then by the third they'll they'll suspend your account or something. Now it's deletion of your account. Which so is massive because I've massive. had a friend before who was doing everything, uh, you know, no malice intended and ended up having her profile suspended and that was her primary channel of marketing and mm. that had, you know, an enormous impact on her business. Cool. Thankfully the suspension was lifted but that's only because she could get through it to the top person at LinkedIn with a connection of hers. Otherwise cool. I don't think it would have happened. So yeah. that's a very dangerous game to be playing. Yeah. Right? I know some back doors on the way through if they yeah, do. Yeah, I thought you happen. might. <laughs> I know about three different ways because, I mean, the thing is that people get suspended or they're locked out of their account and then the only way to reach customer service is to log in to your account. So, yeah, that's when having your friendly neighbourhood LinkedIn ninja is handy. Yes, definitely. <laughs> My spidey is out. Um, yeah, so the the question at the first part of this is is who are you connecting with? Mm. Um, that's the first sort of point of call. And is it potentially people that you can do business with or is it potentially people that could refer you to the right people? Mm. Is it just people that you've met? Is it people, you know, like I have a fairly open policy for Australians, mm-hmm. uh, probably New Zealanders too. It's, it's pretty much, oh, yeah, sure, you're Australia, great, easy. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you're sort of going outside of those countries, then um, there is 
you know, Americans, Canadians, um, UK, things like that, I'll take on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some countries, I won't go into whom, but some countries I've given them so many chances, I'm just like, no, no, absolutely yeah. not, um, which is hard to, you know, it's sort of eliminating entire countries based on the behaviour of two or 300 people. But uh, there's plenty of market for me in Australia. There's 10 million LinkedIn people in Australia. I, I got... I've got enough to swim in here. I don't really need to feel guilty. <laughs> yeah, I think you're being very focused on your niche and it's a Yeah, move. yeah, exactly. So uh, the other thing is also is that there's a lot of things you can do when somebody's giving you a connection request. There's a lot of things you can do before you accept it. So those people are saying, is this really how LinkedIn is going? Here's a little ninja tac- tactic for them, okay? Via the desktop... When you've got a number of connections, you can even do this with one. There's one pending connection. You look for a tab on the right-hand side that says see all, okay, or manage all. So if you click on that, there's a little pop-up that comes there and it says message. So you can actually message these people back before you accept or ignore the request, okay? And what, what it does on the other end is that person thinks that you've actually accepted it. Which is, oh. which is brilliant. I mean, it sounds stupid, but it's actually brilliant because what it does is it pulls out stuff out of the woodwork. Yeah. So if you say back to them, hi there, thanks for reaching out, um, which is what I say I'm pretty blunt, as you've heard, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, you didn't send a connection request with a message, so how can I help you? What what yeah. was it that you saw? Um, why would you like to connect? And, of course, then you'll get the spammy email of, buy my bitcoin shares and come and get my Arborn <laughs> cosmetics um or i noticed you're a mortgage broker and have you heard the latest blah blah and it's like i'm sorry what gosh <laughs> you haven't used yeah. your filters very well with those autobots have you <laughs> um i even got one <laughs> i get one once that was about um fitness and i said have you seen my profile photo do i look like i'm a fitness person <laughs> Like 25 kilos overweight. Buddy. I'm just laughing at you laughing at <laughs> like, that, by the way. <laughs> like a lot of my posts are about desserts and <laughs> like you haven't read anything I've ever done. <laughs> so that was, oh, do you have fun with those? Do you oh, I do. Reply back? Yeah, I thought oh, of course I do. If I've got the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because it's, I mean, for me potentially there's one or two of them in the past has actually gone, oh, what am I doing wrong then? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. let's have a consult and we'll talk about it. So there's, Yeah, that's the know. thing. You can teach those people a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, so sometimes that, sometimes that opens the door for me, which is probably why I bother going through that. Yeah. So, But for those people in that group that we're talking about, um, you know, is this the way that, that you're getting the spammy messages? Yes, it's very, very very typical on LinkedIn it's disgusting Mm. but it's really really typical and that's simply because there's just so many shark LinkedIn trainers out there that are just saying it's a numbers game yeah so connect with as many people as you can and then um you know pay off 98% of them and then you'll land that 2% and they don't consider that you know, if you if you think of Sydney and the networking industry here of, you know, self-employed or whatever, mm. you'll run into 10 or 20% of people every single place you go, you yeah. already know them. Yeah, the whole degrees of separation. Yeah, like amazing. You, just, you know, there's 4 mm. million people or whatever in Sydney, but you run into the same people all the time. So yeah. if you're getting angry 98% of them, good luck with your business long term. <laughs> Yeah, good call. And I love that. That's an important reminder that it's not a numbers game. It is quality over quantity. Absolutely. You're saying less less connections but good quality connections are what can make it work. Mm -hmm. And also what I'm getting from that is important for everyone to remember that, yes, there are the sharks on LinkedIn, but that's not – um, that shouldn't be a blanket approach of thinking that that's what the platform is like. You just unfortunately have connected with some of those bad eggs and, uh, well, you think about it the other way around, which is what like, just blows my mind. This is like 101 marketing in the first week of doing a certificate in marketing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of treat others as you'd like to be treated. Yeah. Would you like to be given these spammy messages saying, you know, come buy my stuff, here's a free report on Bitcoin? No, you wouldn't. You'd, you'd feel like a churned out number. So stop yeah. treating people like that and you'll be stopped being treated like that you know exactly 
think yeah, it's and just need to ha- need to have strategy behind what you're doing on any platform, and not mm. just uh, you know throw it and see if it sticks. Approach absolutely, and it's not you know hardly anybody on this platform when you think of it as a business to business. It, we're not selling four dollar yo-yos here. Mm. You know, some of these people have got their you know entry level for their service is fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's like, hang on a second. entry level for your product or service and you can't take the two minutes to customise a request, Mm. who the heck wants to work with you? Yeah, yeah, good call. Where are are their heads, honestly? Who knows? But let's, so this brings us on to a nice point, right? A, a nice we had a nice little segue. Yeah, thank what you. Got? Well done. <laughs> you oh, must also be a podcaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> biggest mistakes. I love talking about the faux pas. We've just talked about one. Yes. What are some of the other biggies that you see on LinkedIn time and time again or horror stories that you hear? Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes is people having, that are in business and their LinkedIn profile reads like a resume. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the biggest biggest mistakes. And you know what their what their duties and responsibilities are as managing director. And you know, being, being the director of your own business, um, you know you you make the big decisions with budget, but you're also the cleaner. Yep, you're cleaning that toilet every week. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I just put out the recycling this morning, yep. <laughs> ready for everybody. So it's you know, are you going to list all that? It's mm. it's kind of stupid. So you need to think of your LinkedIn profile as your silent salesperson. This mm. is a staff member that's working 24-7 for sometimes pay. <laughs> sometimes yep. they're on premium for $49 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people can get away with, um, you know, the free profile. And this person is, this, you know, pseudo person is your silent salesperson. So mm. they need to be selling you, not trying to find a job yeah so that's a really good point because I know do you reckon that people end up falling foul of that point because they probably started their profile and I'm talking in particular business owners now they started their profile when they're an employee in corporate so they're just used to and that doesn't mean that's right either but they just used to adding their resume to LinkedIn because I've got another business that's career coaching business and that's exactly what people used to do back in the day Mm -hmm. it was literally chronological order of your CV and so then when they become a business owner it just is still there and they might add their business into it at the top Mm -hmm. but you've still got all of these duties and responsibilities sitting there for everyone later anything in the the past as well I haven't rewritten all of those Mm, exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's probably one of the biggest mistakes um another big mistake is using the all the bots um even before LinkedIn would shut you down just all of those bots were just so impersonal and I I understand that they save time Mm -hmm. but you know there is a degree of how much time are they saving and if if you want to if you want to compare that to when I did use VAs, now just for me personally, you know, you got the $8 an hour kind of VA, but it took me three hours to explain it. Mm. Is that really an $8 VA now? Yeah, I've done um, the same. I've completely related So, you know, I, and I'm not, for anybody that is listening that does use them and it's working for you, then my hat is off to you. There's, mm. there's just, there's not the same two days in a row in my particular business. So that highly, highly systemizing processing stuff is is just really not there. Yeah. Um, so that hasn't worked for me personally. So yeah, so they're probably they're probably two of the biggest the biggest ones. And what about kind of posting updates? Any kind of things that people you see people posting in the news feeds that you just really wish they wouldn't. <laughs> sometimes but then I'll just unfollow them <laughs> um yeah yeah there is I think I think uh, again this comes down to who you're hearing it from um but whether that that information is ill-informed um and LinkedIn doesn't unfortunately doesn't help you with with deciding this so let me let me give you a few more details because you're probably sitting there going say what Jill um okay so all right so frequency of posting um there are some LinkedIn trainers that say to you you know you've got to get something out virtually every hour so wow yeah yeah and there are some you're going to tell us it's the opposite to that far out (laughs) yes I will be um (laughs) so they're they literally like I know some that are putting out posts about every 15 minutes for about a 15 hour slot 
right? And you just think, wow, that's just called noise. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> okay? And if I see one more hope, quote from the Dalai Lama or Helen Keller that they churn out, I'm, I'm going to you know, put my foot somewhere and give them a big ninja <laughs> kick up the butt. Um, now, however, the problem is, is that LinkedIn actually, have you ever heard of the top voices on LinkedIn at all? Yes. Right. Yeah. Guess how they choose them? Spamage. Right. So it's the so people that no churn out. To it. Yeah, they, they churn out this garbage. And because they're so active, obviously using scheduling tools because mm. nobody can be in there that often. Um, and so they're putting out this stuff through scheduling tools, which is which is allowed. You know, LinkedIn is actually um, partnered with Hootsuite, for example. Okay. Um, but that's allowed because that's not looked at as an auto bot kind of thing. Mm. Um, so they put this stuff out and then LinkedIn goes, wow, you're so active on the platform. Let me give you this big glass plaque and make you a top voice. Wow. But what they have failed to see is that nobody's engaging. Mm. So, you know, there's there's maybe one like on it, two likes on it, something like that. And there are some that have um, more engagement, but when you actually compare how much engagement there is to how big their following is, you know, maybe they've got half a million followers, but there's only sort of 51 people engaging. Yeah. And if you look at the percentage-wise, that's that's the percentage called sweet bugger all. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's a term, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can get 51 people in my sleep, you know, but yeah. I've got 12,000 followers. So we're sort of going, mm, percentage-wise, who's, who's, who's going better here? Um, so that sort of frequency is, is fairly insane. Yeah. Um, so what there is an algorithm that's picking up your averages, okay? So if you're, for example, you're posting during the week during commute times, mm-hmm. so you might be doing sort of in the morning or morning tea is another nice little commute time, right? Well, commute is in people are out on their phones having a smoke-o and that's yeah. that, that little, <laughs> the little peak time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might be doing that three days a week, but then you post a couple of times on weekends because that's, you know, you've got some time, but LinkedIn's down by about 30, 35% on a weekend. Okay. And so LinkedIn's looking at your average across all of those five posts during the week and then bringing your average down. So you bet, are you saying it's better off to not post on the weekends in that case then? Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. There used to be a peak time on a Sunday night. I think television was really crap back then. And I used to do that. And then that ninja Australian Ninja Warrior came out and my stuff <laughs> dove by about 80%. And quite frankly, I was rather watching that than, than, than looking at my cat on my you, desk. You and, picked something with ninja in the title. I was going maths. Uh, just, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah anyway. People are judging me now, so I'll move on quickly. <laughs> Really, really beautiful buff men that was on television. Yeah, I'm a big uh, fan, big fan. There you go, there you go. So, yeah, it's it's kind of they're not taking into account um, LinkedIn actually actually doing an average on what's happening on the posts and your your content. That's really good to know. Mm-hmm. So anybody sitting there on a Sunday night posting or Saturday lunchtime, just don't bother. Just don't. I mean, yeah. what, what off, I often did, like my post that I did this morning, I got it ready yesterday. Yeah. I just wrote the whole thing and just didn't push post. Don't you reckon that's also avoiding the temptation? Because I do this on Instagram and Facebook too, Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, awesome, I've got this great post. I'm really excited to put it out. Oh, I'll just hit post now because I've got it ready. But I've hit post at like, I don't know, some silly time where my audience. At night or something? Yeah. (laughs) So it's wasted this great content. Because the phone can't sit there and draft, can it? I've written some yeah. great posts on on in the morning on my phone because I had a, a photo in my phone. Mm. And then, you know, I realised the kids are in the wrong school uniform. They're in their sports uniform instead of the normal one. Like, okay, everybody upstairs, let's go and re- get changed or whatever. And yeah. go back to my phone, it's gone. It's gone, exactly. So there was some wasted brain power and genius in that one. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I now I... a photo before though. I've taken a photo photo of the post before now. Oh, you do a screenshot. I lost it. Yes, I do that because I Mm. type things up. They go into the weather sphere or (laughs) be lost forevermore. Yeah. Now, I've got a million questions that I still want to ask you and I'm really mindful of time. No, I know that our listeners are going to be the same as well. So just a quick one for you listeners. 
if you are sitting there just like me thinking, yes, I really should be on LinkedIn more. I'd like to leverage the power of this platform, but I really am feeling a bit clueless. And especially as Gillian is the ninja and has already fessed up to module three of a certification, realize there's so much more that we don't know. <laughs> the good thing is I've strong armed her into being our shine expert masterclass expert ninja this month and she's well, you thought about that title didn't you well, <laughs> I clearly cocked that title up that is not the uh the copy that she wrote for me <laughs> what she is going to be taking us through is how to kick butt on LinkedIn in only 10 minutes a day which you know I'm all about productivity when so when she gave me that title I was like yes that is awesome 10 minutes a day my listeners are going to love this so I just want to tell you a bit about what we're going to be doing on the masterclass if you want to join us and you can join us for the live or watch the replay. Gillian's going to tell us how to set up a standout LinkedIn profile. And we'll be doing some live profile reviews for some of the people on the live call. So if that that's, would like that's to be... before the 10 minutes though. <laughs> yes, yes. Because setting gotta, up your yeah. profile can take hours. Good call. You've <laughs> got to set up a great it. profile. And yeah. then after that, it will become 10 minutes a day. Yeah, yeah. So if you would like your profile reviewed, mm. I'm going to tell you how to join if you're not already in Shine. And then you need to drop me a line and we'll get that sorted out. Okay. Then we're going to go through how to get the most out of LinkedIn in 10 minutes a day. So many people think that LinkedIn can be a big waste of time. Yep. And it's true, you can get pulled down a rabbit hole. But if you've got a plan, and as Julian's already talked about, are intentional, you mm. can make a lot of progress in short bursts of time. So she's going to yep. show us how to do that. And again, like nothing on LinkedIn should be unintentional, right? So unlike other platforms that can be just enjoyable, like Instagram is to you, Gillian, yep. uh, you shouldn't leave, leave, leave sorry, LinkedIn up to chance. So no, this no, masterclass no. is going to help you get focused on how to get great results from the platform and not just waste time and end, down, end up down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to join us for the masterclass or listen to the replay, all you need to do is head over to the show notes and they're at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 57. Click on the link to shine and then I look forward to seeing you on the live training or you can watch the replay afterwards okay so that's all you need to do I'm really looking forward to you coming on and doing that I know I'm going to go away Gillian with pages of notes and a massive <laughs> long to-do list so again it's like yeah. a love-hate relationship you're going to add to my to-do list but it's definitely stuff I, I need to know so yeah. I'm looking forward to that one so if, yeah. if yeah if your if your ladies would like to put their profile forward they have yeah. to kind of be there because I might ask some clarifying questions as we're going completely Um, they will be there if you put your profile forward ladies you have to be on the live okay yeah yeah and I won't pussyfoot around it for you because this is you know it's either do or die sometimes with your with your business and you want to actually know how to get some ROI so I won't go hey do you think maybe blah blah I am I'm not a fluffy (laughs) person I have a fluffy cat but um that's her actually her name named by a two-year-old um But, um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I won't pull any punches. I'll, we are a no fluff zone. Excellent. OBS, straight to the point, which is why I love you. So, perfect match. <laughs> I just wanted now, to be up front with that. No, yeah. that's great. I love that you've set the expectations so that yeah. you can, you know, slay into someone and say, well, you know, I told you so. It's okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, let's talk productivity briefly. You've got two kids, you've got a fluffy cat, you've got a business with and staff. <laughs> uh, you know, social media is your zone of genius, uh, which means that you're probably on LinkedIn a lot and they can be a notorious big time suck. Mm. What are your kind of go-to hacks, tips, strategies, tools to stay productive so that you don't end up down that rabbit hole and actually get work done that makes you money? Um, probably the number one tip for that would be kind of avoiding the home feed ah yes so the home feed is where you want to be discovered by others and encourage others to go on it this hence why you post and all that sort of thing but for you to have intentionality you have to be so much more strategic with where you're going to go and what parts of LinkedIn you're going to use, the home feed will send you down a rabbit hole and suck your time. Yes, that's such a good call. And, you know, more broadly, the same with other platforms, right? If you're going into Facebook to market in groups and suddenly you're then trawling down your news feed, mm. hey, presto, you've lost Probably. time again. Probably, and I do yeah. go into LinkedIn and start looking down the news feed. Right, which and is never, en- literally never ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. 
completely. Great tip. Thank you. So finally, before I let you go, is Mm -hmm. there, I like to ask all of my guests this question, is there a quote or a mantra that's really inspired you over business, uh, inspired you over the years in business that you can share with us? Um, Yeah, there is one that I use quite often actually in presentations and so forth. And it actually comes from a LinkedIn staff member. So there's a, well, he's ex-staff member now, but he was like the global head, senior head of communications and marketing or something um, quite a few years ago. And his name is Coca Sexton. Oh, my gosh, what a great yeah. name. So it was quite easy to remember. So that's K-O-K-O, uh, Coca, no, K-O-K-A. Yeah. Um, and he says that visibility creates opportunity. Mm. Oh, I love that you brought that one up because we've been talking a lot in other episodes about showing up yeah. and how as a business owner, you need to be visible. You need to show up, push, yep. push through that kind of comfort zone and actually be visible to the people that you want to work with. Yeah. So that's a and, great and the whole scenario of, um, you know, advice of people saying, you know, build it and they will come. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they, don't. <laughs> they don't find you. They don't come. They don't do anything. So you have to be visible. Yes. Ability creates opportunity. Brilliant, brilliant name, brilliant quotes. So I love that you boom, brought one up. Mic drop. Yeah, boom, <laughs> done. Thank or you. Pen the ninja drop in this case. In the house. <laughs> Okay, listeners, if you have been loving the world of Miss Ninja Gillian Bullock and you would like to get all of her contact details, you can just head over to the show notes, which are at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 57. You can also find Gillian at, of course, I've got to give you LinkedIn first, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Gillian Bullock. She is the linkedinninja.com.au and she is on Facebook, although not very much, (laughs) as LinkedIn Ninja Down Under. So just remember, if you really, really want the good stuff, just go on to LinkedIn. Yeah, go on to LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) This has been hugely entertaining, very educational. I'm thrilled that you came on. Gillian, thank you so much for your time, for just your brutal honesty as well, which has been (laughs) fabulous. I really love that. It's refreshing. Is there anything you want to leave us with before I let you go? Um, no, maybe just adios amigos. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> thank you so, so much for joining us today. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to leave us a beautiful review on iTunes, pretty please. Ooh, and if yeah. you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram for me, although we'll be showing up on LinkedIn somewhat more. Uh, yeah. I'm at Busy Business Women, and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my website, busybusinesswomen.com biz so thank you so much for tuning in today i love hanging out with you i appreciate you investing your time to listen to us i will be back next week with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms but until then i'm faye hollands and you've been listening to jillian bullock on the busy business women podcast bye-bye, bye-bye.